Hello everyone and welcome to the Link Podcast with me, Elle. Remember, all you English learners listening, I have created a lesson for you out of this episode and all past episodes. You can always find the link to the English lesson in the description. You can read as you listen, translating words and phrases. You may notice that things look a little different. That is because we've done a huge redesign. It's basically a new app. With Link 5.0, you get a cleaner, more accessible library, more comprehensive daily goal and streak system, expanded access to more content, streamlined reader experience, a very cool listening experience. Listening mode is my favorite new feature, I have to say, as well as other customization options like dark mode. So go check it out if you haven't already. This week's guest joins us from Japan and it is extremely early in the morning, so I very much appreciate him taking the time. I'm joined this week by actor and producer Dante Carver. Dante, how are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Um, I know it may not be as early over there for you guys, but they may be busy, so I appreciate you all taking the time to listen in as well. Well, like I said, I appreciate you. I'm not a morning person. I don't know if you are, but uh, hopefully you are. <laughs> with, with, with coffee, I am. <laughs> Perfect, of course. Essential. <laughs> so, Dante, I am going to talk about your extremely successful career in Japan and get into all that, but I want to first roll it back to before you even left to go to Japan. So you're from Brooklyn, New York. Is that right? Uh, yes, originally okay. from Brooklyn, New York. Mm-hmm. Um, my childhood was spent in Europe, Italy and Germany, oh, wow. uh, respectively, um, but visited uh, 80%, give or take, of Europe because at the time my parents were of the mind, we don't know when we can come back or have the opportunity. Mm-hmm. So let's see as much as we can. Also, traveling when I was a kid was much cheaper and easier. <laughs> right. Um, then teenage years, I moved back to the U.S. and um, then eventually, you know, bounced around from one state to another because of work and eventually school. Went to Vancouver for oh. three months, oh, um, no which was quite fun. Yeah. Uh, and then here. Wow. In a okay. nutshell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My, my parents... Um, Mother's side have uh, family in Italy as well. Mm-hmm. So the idea of being abroad outside of the United States is always a blessing um, mm-hmm. because you get to learn about uh, your history or the history of family members, other cultures, things of that nature. So moving around is something I'm quite used to. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm in one place for too long, I actually feel strange because I'm used to moving every two to four years, give or take. So this is the longest time I've been in one place without moving to another country. And how long have you been in Japan now? Um, So off and on total, this would be 17, but um, it hasn't all been together. Oh, I see. I was here for the first five, then all of my productions for almost like a two year stretch even if they were Japanese production, were outside. Oh, I see. Bouncing around quite a bit. I had an apartment. Um, fun fact, I had an apartment for a year, but only spent exactly 13 days 
<laughs> in the apartment. What a waste of money. <laughs> I, what? I guess you have to have a base, you know. <laughs> yeah, because um, at that time, that was when I had officially moved to Tokyo. Because when I started out, I was in Kyoto uh, in Osaka. And at that time, the agency I was with suggested that I come to Tokyo because then I could get, uh, I could book more work um, okay. more regularly because being in Kansai, there just wasn't a lot of work going on. Right. It's like, okay. So I moved to Tokyo and then it was like, hey, we've got this movie coming up. So we're going to be going to uh, Nepal and the Philippines and this place and that place. And I mean, I had fantastic time. I, I miss traveling to other countries but you know in time i guess yeah wow so when before you left the states right you came from the states to to japan did you know any japanese at all <laughs> no <laughs> um so uh, kind of like a reverse host family so i had a japanese host family um there in the states that i was actually teaching uh the kids english to mm. and as a present, they gave me a Doraemon dictionary. <laughs> they were trying to help me learn a few words and phrases. So for the most part, I could say, like, um, uh, where's your passport? Where's the station? Uh, where's the restroom kind of thing? Thank important. you, and you're welcome. Right. It, very important. It's, it's <laughs> amazing how those little simple things mean a lot when you need it. Yeah. Then when I came here, study-wise, a lot of that came from uh, memorizing my scripts and mm -hmm. Utada Hikaru because that's my absolute favorite singer. Utada Hikaru is, um, she was also born in New York. Okay. And uh, two days after me, uh, January oh, wow. 19th. And she basically, she's like one of the most famous Japanese singers of all time. There's like records that she hit that no other performer had hit. Um, but the reason I liked her was because of her tones okay. and the style of music. I was introduced to her by some friends in university who are actually from Japan. And my friends like, hey, listen to this. And it was basically a, it was a mix of different artists, but there was a song called First Love. Mm -hmm. And again, I didn't speak Japanese, but the tone of it, the piano chords and keys in the back, it just, I don't know, it just resonated. It's mm -hmm. like, this is really cool. Who is this? Want to learn more. And then that was kind of like the secondary open door to that. And I say secondary because as a child, I studied um, Shotokan Karate with my oh, father. Okay. But then we moved to Europe. So, you know, that halted. But I've always had a, um, an interest in Asia. Um, so my mother and I used to watch martial arts movies. It's kind of like my the doorway for me. Right. Um, there used to be this thing called Kung Fu Theater that would come on TV. Um, and when I was watching it, they were reruns, which I didn't know until I got older because, you know, they were really old movies. But had always been into martial arts, things that nature. Then that kind of got me into wanting to learn more about Asia and its respective countries. Because as a child, you don't realize they're all different until you're in school. Yeah. And then from there, that just you know that was it yeah and did you did you go to japan with the idea in mind of you know i'm, I'm gonna act and produce and this is the tra career trajectory that i want mm -hmm. 
Well, the funny thing is, my original plan was actually to go to China first to study mm. for a year and a half at the Shaolin Temple. And then wow. from what I learned over there, would fly to Japan because I wanted to basically try my hat in um, Power Rangers and Kamen Rider. Um, and I'm deadly serious. <laughs> I loved I love Power Rangers. <laughs> I, you know, I, I grew up watching them. And too, it's like yeah. the, the idea of a non-Japanese actor or a foreign actor, um, sometimes saying foreign feels weird. So if I react weirdly to it, apologies. Um, but being a non-Japanese actor in a Japanese production hadn't really been done. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a African-American, it hadn't been done. So it's like, well why not the idea is i just want to try it but what really got me into coming is my plan going to china got canceled because there was um very much similar to now there was an outbreak so the entire program was canceled and scrapped but i had already quit my job sold my apartment all that kind of stuff so my japanese friends like why don't you just come visit us there's a tourist visa for uh 90 days come see the country come see us and kind of rethink of what you want to do and then go from there. So basically it was kind of a way to keep me from going into depression mode of, you know, the dream being busted. When I came over the first week I was scouted by four agencies. And from there, that was kind of my, well, maybe I should try it out here and, you know, rethink it. Went back to the States. Um, had some family stuff to take care of. And then about a year later, uh, 2005, I came back to Japan. And that's when I uh, basically kind of started doing modeling and um, bit acting because I didn't speak any Japanese. Mm. So the stars aligned for you to end up in Japan, basically, right? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes, yes and no. The only reason to say no, because there were... 121 auditions that I didn't get. Um, and I used to I used to have a notebook that I would write down what it was and why I didn't get it if mm-hmm. they'd let me know why I didn't get it. And uh, it literally came to the point where my parents were like, hey, we're going to send you an e-ticket. So, you know, if you want to come back, you can. And I was asked to come on uh, set as an extra for Vodafone. And I talked to my parents like, should I take it or just fly back? And my dad's like, you've been there, there. you've been there this long trying, just go ahead and do it. I had mm-hmm. gotten jobs, but no contracts. Mm-hmm. And I was in, like I mentioned before, I was in Kansai. So going from Kansai to Tokyo, I'm paying out of pocket. So that's where I'm losing a lot of that money. Right. So it was a, it was a very hard, hard, tough road, but, worth it in the end because I'm also a very persistent person <laughs> and you know I had some people stateside that were very supportive of me not making it so oh. it was uh, I was like okay no problem I'll do my best to uh, make it wow so they told you that they said we don't think this how so like oh it's not a good idea you should try something else oh so, so for the most part it was so uh, family-wise, always supportive. As long as I'm doing something positive, they're always on board. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but for those people, those motivators, as I'd like to say, um, were pretty much like, well, you don't speak the language, you don't look Ooh. Japanese, those kinds of things. And it's like, but that shouldn't be a deterrent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it shouldn't be a deterrent for anybody uh, going anywhere. You know, mm-hmm. if anything, it should motivate you to to try harder or to try and make the connections with that culture and that and uh, those people because you are different. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I just use that. So every audition I didn't get was fuel for I'm going to make it, I'm going to make it, I'm going to make it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To like the point you- where there was 564 yen left in my bank account when mm-hmm. I came back to Tokyo for Vodafone. <laughs> wow. So it <laughs> oh was uh, harsh. Yeah. But, well, but it was worth it in the end. Are you, I was doing checking you out online, of course, before the interview, doing my research, and uh, your IMDb says that you are the most popular commercial actor in Japan. <laughs> I love that. And <laughs> would you agree? <laughs> Recognizable? <laughs> I'm I'm very humble, but um, even now, Japan is a mask culture, so this is has nothing to do with the pandemic. Um, the reason I say is because here, agencies like to tell celebrities wear sunglasses and a hat or wear sunglasses and a mask, so paparazzi doesn't take pictures of you, and you can kind of have somewhat of a normal life. So I'm quite used to wearing a mask all the time. Frustrating as it is, quite used to it. But um, that's there because I was actually nominated as the most popular um, commercial talent for Japan, uh, male talent in Japan two years in a row. Um, oh, I, wow. got, I won. So it's an official thing. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah, which <laughs> I didn't know. Um, there was a group, a famous Japanese group here called SMAP, mm-hmm. and the lead singer, or one of what some people would say is the lead singer. Um, Kimutaku, mm-hmm. uh, Takuya. he was the number one commercial talent for eight years consecutively. And then I happened and I took it for two years and I'm super happy and super grateful because it's not something that industry people vote on. That's fans ah. only. Ah, okay. So it's real. Because yeah, it's very real. So it's mm-hmm. like, I'm. Um, even to this day, I'm super humble. I, I, I love that that happened because it's not something that's happened before. Fantastic. Definitely to, a milestone. Yeah. I have to say, I lived, I lived in Japan from 2008 till 2011. And I recognize During the time sure. you were here. Yeah. During the time you were here, that's when that happened. I was going to say, yeah, I, I totally recognize you. That, the ad, which um, yes, we'll talk about now. Still, they're still going. Um, yeah. Knock on wood. That's actually what kept me here. <laughs> for wow. so long. Um, it is such a it's a, such a Japanese. So for any listeners who don't know, SoftBank is who the ad was for. SoftBank is the biggest cell phone provider in Japan. They're huge, um, and you did an ad, and it's delightfully Japanese, weird, and you know, funny. And it's, with it's Tommy quirky. Jones, quirky. Yes, so, that's the word for it. <laughs> yes, I've um, so. When I started, it was Vodafone and it moved to SoftBank, my second commercial. The first commercial, ah. I was cast as an extra, but it got changed. We're on set. The director wasn't happy with the flow of things. He asked me and someone else to switch places because he was, he was just frustrated. So he's looking, he's sitting at the table and he's looking at everyone's 
profile pictures and things like, hmm, hey, where's this guy? Where's this guy? And it's like, oh, he's over there in the break room. And then they called me over and said, hey, can you say these lines? And it's, um, sumimasen, kitamasen, desta, and yosogai des. Because when I started out, it was the yosogai series, and that was for a year. Right. Then all the companies, uh, uh, mobile phone companies had to basically redo their contracts because the regulations and laws had changed in Japan. Mm-hmm. So during that time period, I went on a two-month photo shoot because <laughs> basically what it ended up being. And then when I came back, they're like, hey, new script, new uh, idea. And that was the introduction to the White family for SoftBank. Right. And it, by that time, it had officially become SoftBank in Japan, but it's still Vodafone in Europe, um, T-Mobile and Sprint in the U.S. Ah. Right. Okay. Sorry. Wow. Very long explanation. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. <laughs> um, so how was it then? So you weren't supposed to have that kind of role in the, in the commercial then initially that you kind of pulled you into it. No, initially. Yeah. So initially I was, so everyone auditioned. I was basically chosen through picture selection mm-hmm. and um, the director basically just liked my tone. I was the only person that looks like me on set. Um, and he's like, oh, it's kind of an interesting dynamic because, you know, we, we don't really have everything because everybody was dressed pretty much the same. Your typical Japanese business suit, style, office, um, image. And he just wanted something different. And he's like, uh, what do you have laying around? It's like, hey, can, can you put these glasses on? It's like, sure, put the glasses on. And then I did it. And he's like, here, take the phone because that phone is the Aqueous, sharp Aqueous. It's a flip phone. The screen turns to the side. So it's like if I were to open it, mm. you do like this to the screen. And I'm playing a snake game on there. And he's like, uh, do whatever you want to. Do whatever you want to. We give you a cue, say your lines. And he just liked the way I uh, delivered it. Mm-hmm. And then that's a wrap, wow. so to speak. So quite, lu- quite lucky. Quite lucky. Yeah. And how is it working with Tommy Lee Jones? He's an icon and everywhere in Japan. I always wondered about that. Well, yeah, so, yeah, it, it is strange because it's like when you see Tom Lee Jones, he's very professional. Um, he's, he's very straightforward. And um, I'll say that when I worked with him, he was very straight-faced the whole time. And then afterwards, he's laughing and joking, and it's like, Wow, where did that come from? So I've worked with, uh, let's see, Cameron Diaz, Brad Pitt, Tommy Lee Jones, Quentin Tarantino, what? and uh, Bruce Willis for oh these productions. Um, Bruce Willis' uh, set was actually cut a little short because of uh, recent retirement, unfortunately. Mm, but, right. you know, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. But I will say this. Um, uh, many blessings to him, his family, and also to anyone that I've worked with. You know, I'm just happy that I had the opportunity to do that because they're icons. Um, mm-hmm. And just, you know, a Japanese cell phone commercial is not something that you would expect. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy either way. Yeah. Super happy. But working with them has been fun. Uh, they've been fun. Mm-hmm. I bet. Wow, Tarantino. How, how is he? Let's see, like... Of all of them, I would say he is the most creative and quirky 
mm-hmm. when he's talking about features that he wants to put together or ideas for something. Um, and he's just, he's very, very blunt. Mm-hmm. He's very blunt. Um, I but I like that. I, I like that about him because it is what it is. You, however it, it comes out, that's, that's it. Whether it's a joke or uh, an anecdote or we're talking about uh, an idea that he has because he was a big fan of um, my sister in the commercials because she had a TV series, she had a movie series, excuse me, um, where she's playing a ninja. And he's like, yo, that movie's just so cool. It's like, would you be interested in doing another one? She's like, no, I'm kind of done. The series is finished. Because wow. he's like, because <laughs> at that time he was interested in potentially uh, maybe getting the rights or doing a remake kind of thing. And she's like, you know, I've kind of moved on for that. Because what people don't realize is once the films hit the States or hit the Western culture, it's actually been out for a while. Um, mm. Or it's it's moved on. So like Power Rangers in, or Super Sentai here in Japan, most of the time, that's only one year. So every year, it's a new cast, new concept things. Mm-hmm. But outside, we've actually kept cast members and things of that nature for like two, three, four years, if not more, because we right. don't like to have them change. Culturally, it's different. So mm-hmm. uh, it just happens that way. Right. Um, so Dante, what do you have in the works at the moment? Are you working on um, any productions or any acting coming up? Uh, yes, actually, um, quite quite a few things. But the reason it's been uh, uh, difficult to talk about because of NDAs or my personal favorite delays, <laughs> mm-hmm. delays because of pandemic and things of that nature. So it's like, okay, our release date's going to be this. So we can start talking about it from this date. And then right when you get ready to start talking about, oh, hold, you have to wait. Ah, frustrating. I can say that it, it is it, very. I can say that I have a web series that I'm working on and helping to produce and star in. It's, it's one, of my, one of my friends that I met here um, a long time ago. It's his passion project, and I really want to help him. And it's called Freight Rope. We've actually started um, pre-production on it and we'll start officially filming the first half of it uh, next month. We've actually done some, some test shoots and things. Let's see, uh, Had Confidence Man, uh, JP, come out in the theaters in January. It'll be out in Blu-ray next week. Okay, wow. And um, if you have Netflix, definitely check out Resident Evil Vendetta and Infinite Darkness. Resident Evil Vendetta, um, they're CG movies. Mm-hmm. Um, the character DC that's in it, that's me. Oh, and um, Infinite Darkness, I'm playing like four different characters, so I'm everywhere. Wow. <laughs> um, the, the other productions, I can't say yet, but definitely, definitely um, keep an eye out on my, I'd say Instagram is the one that I'm most active on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I usually post something there. If not in stories, then definitely on the actual page itself. I see. Okay. Wow. So you're busy. Pretty busy. Lots going on. Lots going on. Excellent. Um, well, listen, Dante, I will pop, as you said, the link to your Instagram. And I know also you have a, a YouTube channel. 
Uh, yes, I have a YouTube channel um, and apologies to anyone that's following or about to follow. It has been slow because of mm -hmm. productions, but mm -hmm. it will be picking back up um, within the next couple of weeks because there have been things that we filmed, just haven't had a chance to post it yet. Okay. So yes, um, on Instagram, I have two Instagram accounts actually. The main is Dante Carver Official and anything dealing with uh, otaku or art because I do art as well. That is on 2DC Sun, which is my okay. artist name. So, Excellent. Well, listen, Dante, thank you so much. Uh, best of luck with all these projects. And yeah, and um, yeah, again, thank you for joining us so early. <laughs> hey, no problem. No problem. Sorry Cheers. for the delays and the hiccups in the beginning. No worries. <laughs> Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.